Happy travels, everybody. Welcome to the Masters of Travel podcast presented by Travel Magazine. I'm your host and the editor-in-chief of TravelMagazine.com, Justin Kirby. And today I'm excited to sit down with Amanda Williams from A Dangerous Travel Blog. Amanda is the former journalist turned blogger behind A Dangerous Business, which is a travel blog that aims to inspire people to fit more travel and adventure into the lifestyle that they already have. Since starting her blog in 2010, Amanda has traveled to more than 50 countries on six continents from her home base in Ohio. And she's been featured by major publications and websites like Afar, The Huffington Post, USA Today Travel. We're going to get into some of the places that she's visited, some of her favorite destinations, and some travel tips that she thinks will benefit our listeners. But first, before we get into the episode, this podcast is brought to you by Next Trip. Next Trip is the best booking engine on the internet. You can book hotels, flights, alternative lodging, vacation rentals, car rentals, and more all in one place. No matter where you're headed, be sure to start your search on nexttrip.com. We also like to mention great charities that you can support on this podcast. Every week we feature a charity our guests love. And Amanda is a big fan of the Intrepid Foundation, which supports local organizations tackling important community issues all over the world. If you want to learn more about how you can help and how you can give back, visit the intrepidfoundation.org. With that, guys, get comfortable, turn up the volume, and get ready for some great travel tips and inspiration from the Masters of Travel. Welcome to another episode of Masters of Travel. Amanda, I just gave an intro, told the people a little bit about a dangerous business, but why don't you fill in the holes for us? What, what do you think uh, our listeners need to know about a dangerous business and about yourself? Um, well, like you've already said in the intro, I am a travel blogger. I come from the journalism world, so I do have degrees in journalism. I also have a degree, though, in tourism management, so I like to think that I kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to <laughs> travel and tourism. I've been blogging since 2010, so that's eight years now. Uh, so I've been around quite a while. And yeah, I cover both domestic and international destinations. I travel a lot solo, but also sometimes in groups or with a partner or family member or friend. So I kind of like travel in all different styles and cover kind of the gamut. The only thing I don't really write about is family travel since I don't have kids. So I think that's all the important stuff about me that's covered now. <laughs> right. Would you say that um, your travel style, while it's, you know, kind of been all over the map and ever changing, would you say you're you're starting to lend yourself towards one type of travel or is it still just like every trip is a different sort? Yeah, you know, I kind of, I really like to mix it up because I feel like traveling the same way all the time, for me at least, can get a con get a little bit boring or kind of repetitive. When I first started traveling, so when I was working full-time and traveling as well, I did a lot of solo travel because it's much easier just to say, okay, I'm going to take a week off and go somewhere rather than trying to coordinate with like a friend or family member or something when you're both having to take time off work. So I did start out doing kind of the whole solo budget travel thing in my 20s that I feel like a lot of people do when they're in their 20s, you know, did the whole backpacking in Europe and Southeast Asia and all that fun stuff. But I found that as I get older, I really am enjoying kind of mixing it up, not only the like style of travel, so like solo versus traveling with my husband or a friend or something, but also just I'm not focused so much on budget travel anymore. Now I like to say I'm kind of just your average like value conscious traveler, I guess. So I don't do super high end luxury, but I do, you know, I am willing to spend money on specific experiences or destinations or things like that. So yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I'm leaning towards one specific style. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I just like to kind of say that I travel from my own bucket list. So it's like bucket list style travel. So that can mean really whatever you want it to, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's it, it's cool. Uh, it's a cool angle for a blog as well, because you kind of can come at it from all angles when you've done it all different sorts of ways, right? Right. And, and well, in the blogging world, <laughs> a lot of people might tell you I'm doing it wrong because I don't have a specific like niche when it comes to my travel style. But I don't know, I've just kind of always felt like, you know, this is it's, it's, they're still my travels, right? Even though I'm writing about them for other people to read, they're still my travels, and I'm gonna travel however I want to. But also, it's pretty natural as you get older, and you just have more experiences that what you want from a travel experience is going to change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just kind of let that guide me, like whatever I feel like doing, that's often just what I do. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that's the way uh, the way life goes, not just travel. You, you change as you yeah. get older, right? And uh, I think it's kind of cool, though, that, uh, you know, with di- doing it from different angles, sometimes if you get locked into one way of traveling, you, the pros and cons of doing it that way sort of get lost because you can't really relate back to, you know, the way that other people might be doing things. So uh, interesting, for sure. I think it's the, the same way I've been doing it. I started off a lot cheaper and got, you know, go into a bit nicer places as it went along. But let me ask you, so I, I, off the top, we talked about how many countries you visited. So let's jump into question number two. Why did you start traveling? What was the main reason? I think you said in 2010, what was the thing that made you want to start? You know what, I'm going to start seeing more of the world, knocking off more items on my to-do list. So I grew up in a very small town in Ohio, went to a very tiny high school, like Literally ninth through 12th grade, we had 400 kids in my high school. So it was kind of your small, typical country, Midwestern high school. And not a lot of people that I knew growing up traveled at all. And yet there was just something in me that always wanted to travel and see the world. And I mean, maybe it was because I've always been like a big reader and I've always liked fantasy and kind of like dreaming about other places and that sort of thing. So I kind of always had that urge to go out there and see things. And actually, my first trip out of the United States was in 2005. I went to New Zealand with my mom after I graduated high school because I was a little bit obsessed with Lord of the Rings at the time. (laughs) That was uh, kind of my life in high school. And I wanted to go see where it was filmed. So I went to New Zealand and kind of just fell in love with not only New Zealand, but just the idea of, you know, getting outside of that Midwest bubble that I lived in in Ohio for, you know, 18 years of my life. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I just kind of was something that I realized I really wanted to pursue a bit more. I studied abroad when I was in college. And then when I was working full time, uh, I started the travel blog in 2010, because, well, essentially, I just needed like a creative outlet, I was working as an editor at a newspaper. And while that's interesting to read tomorrow's news a day early, it didn't really offer me many opportunities to write. Mm So I started the blog just kind of as a creative outlet and decided to start a travel blog because I knew I wanted to travel more and also write about some of the places I had been in, you know, the previous five years. So that's kind of what got me started. And I I started traveling, like I mentioned, a lot solo because I just wasn't really willing to wait around for people to travel with me. So that was, yeah, that was really the impetus for like starting the, the solo part of my travel blog. I feel like um, that's something really important that you touched on for our listeners is when you're talking about starting the blog as a creative outlet, because I feel like, you know, some people might be thinking like, oh, what am I starting a blog for? I, you know, it's it's a long road to get to like hundreds of thousands of people visiting my website, but it's not about 
you know, initially it's, it's definitely not about being famous or having millions of people visit your blog. It's totally about, you know, getting the things that you see and the things that you do out of your head and onto, you know, not paper, but onto the internet, right? <laughs> it can be such, it can be so, um, I don't know, meditative almost in a way to get, uh, get your thoughts out. So I, that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. The, the way I look at it now and the, the thing that I tell people now when they ask me about blogging is that like you shouldn't, well, I don't want to say you shouldn't, but as far as travel blogging goes, you know, if you don't enjoy the actual creative part of blogging, it's really, really hard to build an audience to the point where you can start make money, making money from it. Now, that's not to say that people don't start blogs with the intention of turning them into a business. But for me, like I never planned to be a professional blogger or anything like that. It was literally just like, hey, I really miss writing. Writing has always been the thing that I've loved the most. I mean, that's why I got a journalism degree is because I was like, hey, I want to write. And since I wasn't getting to do that at my job, I just like, there was really this need I had just for some kind of creative outlet. And I decided to make my own in a blog. And uh, yeah, it was totally just a hobby at first. And I think that I think though the fact that I started it as a passion project is is partly why I was able to grow it into something more is because I really loved what I was doing and I still love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, anyone listening that's thinking about it, it's not hard to, you know, download WordPress or you can start a Tumblr page for your blog, start writing. It's it's really not that difficult to do. I know we've we've talked um, in this podcast and we talked before as well, uh, before we started recording about you just visiting New Zealand. I'm curious what your favorite place is. I know you've been there a couple of times. I'm wondering if that's going to be the place, <laughs> but hey, you could surprise me. What, what's your favorite place, city, country, anywhere in the world? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those things that's really hard to pinpoint. Yep. You know, it's kind of like asking a parent who's your favorite kid they're gonna hem and haw around but you know what deep down they do have a favorite (laughs) (laughs) so deep down I do have a favorite country and it is New Zealand there are some other places that I also continually return to so places like Scotland and Norway and and certain parts of the U.S. that I really really love but yeah for me it's it's kind of always been that love affair with New Zealand like I mentioned uh, my first trip there was in 2005 I studied abroad there in college. I lived in Wellington for a semester. And then, um, yeah, I've been back three times since then. Most recently, I mean, I literally just got home like three days ago from another trip to New Zealand. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite places in the world. Amanda is jet lagged on this podcast right now. So everybody uh, <laughs> needs to double thank her for, for being on the show and talking to us. Um, what, what do you think surprised you the most about New Zealand? What's the thing that when you got there in, I think you said 2005 was your first trip. What's the thing that you got there yeah. and you're like, wow, I really didn't think it was going to be like this. Well, in 2005, I mean, I was 18 and I was a huge, huge Lord of the Rings nerd. And I think I was just amazed that everything I had seen on, you know, on screen and online and in photos of New Zealand, like the real thing was actually better. So it was one of those situations where my expectations were actually like kind of blown out of the water with New Zealand. But the more time that I spend there, I think the most surprising thing that I could tell other people about New Zealand is that I find it so interesting how New Zealand is both really similar to home and also completely different. So it's kind of interesting because it's, I mean, New Zealand is a Western country and it has a similar history to the United States in terms of like, you know, it used to be inhabited by native people and then the Europeans came in and, and took over and now it's very Westernized. And yet the attitude in New Zealand and just kind of like the way that life goes in general is 
a bit different than the U.S. So that kind of is interesting to me because I feel like in the U.S., the, the mentality is we're really conditioned to like look at, you know, like work ethic and the idea that money is going to make us happy. And we spend all our time working. And in New Zealand, it's not the complete opposite, but it's a little bit different there. I feel like people kind of value their time off a lot more than we do in the US. And they also get more time off. But the way I, I kind of try and frame it is that in New Zealand, people work to live. And I think in the US, people kind of live to work. Yep if that makes sense. So I think it's just, it's a, it's a different mentality and, and it makes New Zealand kind of quite laid back and relaxed. And I just, I really like that attitude. I found that living there for a few months kind of changed my perception of a lot of things. Um, I used to be that kind of like very nerdy kid in school who, you know, never skipped class and always did her homework and that sort of thing. And I don't want to, I don't want to say <laughs> New Zealand like made me not like that. But when I did go back to school, I kind of realized, Hey, like there are other important things in life too, rather than just, you know, getting good grades and making money and that sort of thing. So I would say New Zealand changed me as a person, which is pretty surprising. Right, right. <laughs> serious, serious perspective when you travel around the globe, for sure. And I feel like, uh, you know, when we talk about it, it's it's definitely a truism that Americans, you know, really value work. And, you know, you go around the world and you do start to see that it's it's a little bit different the way that they look at things. And I'm thinking right now, like we're recording this podcast on Good Friday or Passover. I don't think that they'd be doing that in a lot of places around the world. So, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, it's very just true. different. Let's, <laughs> let's shift gears here a little bit. Tell me about something very interesting or the most interesting thing that you've eaten on your travels. I've eaten on my travels. Okay. So, I mean, I will admit I'm not a super adventurous eater. I've gotten a bit better now that I'm like traveling more. I wouldn't say that I'm a picky eater. I mean, I eat most things, but I'm not the kind of person that's going to be like, oh, crickets, let's eat those. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I've tried things like alligator and I've eaten warthog in Africa. Um, I've had cow tongue, which... Ooh is I suppose pretty interesting both in, in theory and in texture. <laughs> um, uh, I've also controversially tried whale in places like Norway and Iceland where they still frequently have like smoked whale mm -hmm. meat and things like that, um, which I don't particularly like it, but I did try it. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's becoming a uh, common answer on this podcast is whale. It's very interesting that, really? uh, that that's interesting. that that's been happening here. But uh, it seems like yeah, some of the people that travel the most uh, eventually come around to to whale. Well, let me let me. Um, the other thing as well. I mean, this question sometimes we get we get people that you know go. Oh, I don't eat anything crazy. I'm not I'm not like that. What would you say <laughs> is your is your favorite country as far as food goes? What what cuisine would you say like? Oh, this place is doing it right. Ooh. I'd probably go with either Italy because, I mean, who doesn't love pizza and pasta, right? Yeah. I personally could never go on a carb-free diet because I would just, like, <laughs> want to kill myself yeah. if I couldn't have pizza and pasta. So <laughs> um, <laughs> Italy, but then I also like um, Mediterranean food. So, like, Greek food is amazing as well. Right. So those would be my two favorites. Yeah, I, I could probably eat gnocchi every day, so I'm cool in Italy. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> what would you say? What would you say on your travels is the craziest thing you've ever done? Well, plenty of people would consider the fact that I travel by myself to be crazy, <laughs> which I don't really think it is. So I don't know. I mean, I've done things like bungee jumping and other crazy adventure sports in New Zealand. But as far as doing like actual legitimately dangerous things, I, I really play it pretty safe on my travels. So I, I don't know, I guess we could say bungee jumping is 
most people would probably call me crazy for right. that. Probably best that we keep the crazy things to calculated crazy things like that and not to, <laughs> you know, doing actually crazy things on our travels. I don't think we want to endorse that here at Masters of Travel. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Let's, uh, this, is my, this is my favorite question that we ask on the show. What's something you've done that you'd say you're really proud of? Hmm. Well, just in life-wise, I guess, building my blog up into an actual business that supports me is something I'm super, super proud of. But if we're talking like travel-wise, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm, I'm proud of myself for doing certain things that like just take me out of my comfort zone. And I think I'm also just proud of the fact that I, you know, in, in, my, in my blogging, I tend to when I'm planning trips, I really think about where I'm going and why I'm going there. And I do travel to some places that other people might kind of avoid or not go to just because I, I really want to show people that the world isn't as scary and dangerous as the media makes it out to be sometimes. And I realize that as a blogger, I am kind of part of the media in some respect. But at the same time, you know, I think we all know, we, we all can picture the sort of media that I'm talking about that kind of paints the world as this like dangerous place that you should never go to. So I think I am proud of the fact that I, you know, I, I don't let that scare me off, I guess. And that I do really try and show people that, hey, the world's, the world's not that bad out there. So for example, um, just in November and December last year, I went to Egypt because I was like, hey, Egypt is not as scary as people think it is right now. And I really want to show that. Yeah. So that's, yeah. a, that's a that's a great way to look at it. And I think when you, you know, at this point, you've got a travel blog, a lot of people are reading it. Uh, it's great to be giving that message to people, right? You're basically inspiring people to go out and live their own adventures. That's what we're trying to do here, too. It's I, I mean, I think traveling is one of the best things that you can do. It's one of the best ways you can spend your time. And um you know, being able to show people that places like Egypt are open for business and, you know, it's not scary to go to Colombia or Turkey or wherever, right? Like <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah. all part of it. So for sure. Tell me, tell me something that you've learned on your travels. What would you say is one big lesson that, that you've taken from, from your trips? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess this answer could really connect back to the last question that you just gave me, but I think, the biggest thing I have learned that I would like to tell other people is that people all around the world, no matter what their race, their language, their religion, whatever, we all want the same basic things in life. In life. We're, we're really far more alike than we are different. And I think the more that you travel, the more that you realize that. Now, that's not to say that there aren't bad people out there, but I think the majority of people in the world are good and they all just want you know, they want to be safe, they want to provide for their families, they want to be happy. And that's true, whether you're from the US or, you know, Colombia or Cambodia or anywhere in the world, we all, we're all people. And I think that the more that you travel, the more you realize that and, and the less you tend to other people. And again, that just helps us be less afraid of the wider world and less afraid of other people out there. So yeah, I'd yeah. say the the best way to get over your fear of people is to have like a two minute conversation with them. <laughs> you realize, realize pretty quickly that all around the world, yeah, people are people are good at uh, you know in general, people are good. What uh, what place would you say is at the top of your bucket list? Where are you most excited right now to to take off to? So top of my bucket list is probably the Arctic. Mm -hmm which I'm actually planning to visit like twice later this year. So I'm super excited. I'm actually, um, I'm co-leading a trip to Greenland in September, October. 
And then I'm headed up to Manitoba, Canada in October to go see polar bears, which I'm super excited about. So those are the, that's the place I'm most looking forward to. And then after that, it's probably, I'd really like to go trekking to see the mountain gorillas in either Uganda or Rwanda. So that'll be on my list. Hopefully in the next year or two, I'll, I'll make that happen. And we just talked to uh, Dave and Deb from the Planet D, and that was their number one was uh, doing the trek with the gorillas. But I don't want to uh, – are you going to Churchill to see the polar bears? I am. Yeah, that's, yes. that's one hell of a trip. So you're, you're going you're gonna to love that one for sure. My, uh, my grandma is ooh, almost 90 years old, and she's been just about everywhere. She's a uh, travel writer. She's been one for the last 40 years or so, and that's her favorite trip. Oh, that's amazing. I, I've actually – weirdly been to Churchill once before, but it was in it was in March to see the Northern Lights. So there were no polar bears around at that time. So it's it's yeah, it's a little weird. People are like, what? You've been to Churchill and haven't seen polar bears? Like what who what kind of weird person are you? (laughs) So I'm I'm very excited for that. I think another thing, you know, that we talk about a lot on this podcast is, you know, the the environment is definitely changing out there. Like there are there are changes taking place on planet earth and we hate to you know draw put timing into perspective here but some of these things like you know people if if you want to do it you got to go do it like we were talking last episode about you know the the snow caps on kilimanjaro disappearing and there's coral reefs disappearing if you have something that you want to do that involves nature or you know scenery or the environment you should get out there and go do it now because absolutely absolutely and and that's one of the reasons why I decided to go and, and do this polar bear trip this year is that exact reason is that, you know, the Arctic is not going to be the same a few years from now. And who, I mean, sadly, who knows how long polar bears are actually going to be around in the numbers that they are now. And yeah, it goes, it goes the same, even with the mountain gorillas, you know, the, there are only a few hundred of them left in the world. So if that's something that you really want to do, yeah, that, that's why that's really high up on my list as well. Yep, Nothing uh, inspires people like putting a little uh, urgency behind them. I think that's the word I was searching for yeah, over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us with some wisdom. What would you say is a piece of travel advice that you think others would benefit from knowing from. So this doesn't have to be some sort of gigantic lesson like we've talked about. It's just, is there a piece of travel advice you think that people who, you know, might be wanting to take that, take a trip, but have been sort of hesitant about, you know, booking it or getting off the couch, have been a little bit scared. What's a piece of travel advice you would give them? Um, Well, obviously I've already said it, but you know, the world isn't as scary as a lot of people would lead you to believe. And I, I'm definitely of the belief that if, if you're privileged enough to be able to travel, meaning if you have the means, the money, the time, or can acquire them, and that's not to say that everyone can. I, I, I really do recognize that I am very privileged to be able to do what I do and travel as much as I do. So if you, if you are like me and you're able to travel, stop making those excuses and just do it. Um, if you're afraid of traveling abroad or traveling solo or have any of those fears, um, I would say an easy thing to do is if you're afraid of um, going abroad, do a test trip closer to home first. You don't have to fly nine hours to the other side of the world in order to travel. You can go just a couple hours from home and still have a really cool adventure. If you're afraid of traveling solo, consider joining like a small group tour instead um, I've traveled a lot with with groups as a solo traveler, and it's a great way to kind of you still get to meet people, and you're you're not feeling like you're alone the whole time. So, you know, there there are ways to kind of get around some of those fears. And if it's an issue of you just don't have the money right now, 
but you think you can maybe save up for it, then start saving up for it. Take a take a look at your finances and see if there's a way that you can squirrel some money away to travel later because it's it's really it's never too early to start planning for travel. And um, I think planning for a trip often helps you get past those excuses that we always make for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. When you talk about um, planning too, and sort of getting more comfortable with places that you might be that people might be, you know, nervous about going to, would you say that like, you know, in preparing for a trip to Egypt, would would reading about Egypt help? Would watching videos help? What what sort of things do you think would make people a bit more comfortable? Well, I mean, I know one thing that I did before I went is I, I did go online and, and read some blog posts from people who had been to Egypt recently. Now, I'm not talking about people who'd been there five or six years ago, like right after their revolution, because obviously Egypt was a very different place in 2012, 2013 compared to what it is now. So yeah, I went and tried to read personal experiences from people who had been there recently. I looked at packing lists because that's like a weird thing that I do just to like make myself feel better about the fact that I'm packing the correct things. Yep. And yeah, I mean, there, there are certain, you can certainly go and watch things about Egypt. But I mean, for me, it was it was just listening to kind of personal stories of people who'd been there recently who were saying, you know what, it's not dangerous. Like the people are really nice. The sites are amazing. And, and that really got me excited to go. But I should also mention, um, I did go on a tour to Egypt. It wasn't a place that I particularly wanted to go completely solo as a woman, just because it, you know, it, it is a very different country from the US and from the West. And I just felt more comfortable in a group setting with like a local guide. So if it is an instance like that where the destination you're just not really sure about going by yourself then book a tour like there's nothing wrong with that I feel like a lot of times in the travel blogging world people really push the idea of independent travel but if that's not your thing that's fine like there is nothing wrong with just traveling the way that makes you feel the most comfortable absolutely see the world that you the way that uh, you know, makes you feel the most comfortable. And I think uh, we've covered a lot of really good stuff on getting over fears, I think, in this podcast. There's a lot of great tips in here about, you know, you, look, you don't have to bite off the craziest trip right away. Travel the no. way that makes it most comfortable for you. Be sure to educate yourself on the places that you're going to to give yourself a bit more comfort. These are all things that, that our listeners can do to make sure that they do take their next trip, that it's, um, you know, not something that they, that falls by the wayside because, uh However you travel, just just travel, I think is essentially what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I've never regretted actually going on a trip. You know, there have been plenty of times where I've been really anxious or nervous about going on a trip. Even even now that I've been to more than 50 countries, like I still get nervous before trips. Uh, that's just, you know, I've I suffered from a little bit of anxiety, which isn't strange in, in the travel world. And yeah, you just got to push through it because never have I actually gotten to a destination and been like, oh, man, I really regret doing this. Like, that's never happened. Yeah, honestly, definitely another good point to harp on. Never, folks, let anxiety or thinking that you're introverted hold you back because I would say the vast majority of travelers I meet, including myself, deal with issues like that. So push yourself beyond your comfort zone. That's how you uh, that's the cure to it, really, I think. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, maybe not like a medical cure, but yes, I mean. (laughs) It is it is certainly the best way to just get out there and like I said I don't I don't necessarily think you you regret it cuz you just you really get so much from traveling. Exactly. Medical disclaimer folks, Amanda and I we are not doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, Amanda before we go, where can people find you online? Where should people uh, be connecting with you, reading your blogs? Give us all that good information. 
Yeah, so you can find my blog. It's called A Dangerous Business. If you just go and Google A Dangerous Business travel blog, you'll find it. Uh, the web address is www.dangerous-business.com. And you can find me on all the social medias, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. I'm at Dangerous Biz with a Z. Perfect. Be sure to go check out all those links, guys. Um, we will also be putting all of those links within the show notes for this episode's page on travelmagazine.com. Thanks so much for listening. And Amanda, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. I had fun. No problem.